thank you for choosing Miniaturist of Baptist Church podcast. We hope you benefit from this message. If you'd like to learn more about Miniaturist of Baptist Church, please visit our website at miniaturistofchurch.org. There's an opportunity for you to take some notes on the back of that. And uh, as you take some notes, they say you get smarter. And I know that we want to be smarter, so we're going to take some notes. The, uh, the message is entitled, From Top to Bottom and Back to Top. We're going to talk about Peter. And as I shared, Peter, Peter, Peter. You know, if your mom ever says that, John, 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 you know that you're in trouble. Well, Peter has got a problem here in our text. Peter, it says on the back of your bulletin, was on top of the world, called by Jesus, commissioned by Jesus, loved by Jesus, taught by Jesus, given miraculous power by Jesus, given the keys of the kingdom by Jesus, leader of the twelve and privileged preacher. Peter, 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 in a few short hours, Peter went from the top to the bottom. What happened to Peter? Well, what happened to Peter is actually found in Luke chapter 22. And uh, verse 31 to 32, these are Jesus' words. And he says, while they are sharing the Last Supper in the upper room Thursday evening, he says, Simon, Simon, that's Peter's first name. And when Jesus got a hold of him, He would call him Peter, but every time he would refer back to his old way, he would call him Simon. So Jesus twice says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. But Jesus says, I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And then here's here's the, the highlight of the verse. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. Peter's going to have a rough time, and uh, he's going to be in the depths of sin. But I like that last verse. When you have turned back, the lessons that you are learning from being down in the pits, strengthen your brothers with those lessons. So we are going to take a look then at our text, and it is Mark chapter 14, and we are going to look at verses 66 through 72. We've been in Mark chapter 14 a long time because it's got 72 verses. And as you read at the top of that section, it says, Peter disowns Jesus, a story we're pretty much familiar with. While Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came by. When she saw Peter warming himself, she looked closely at him. You also were with that Nazarene, Jesus, she said. But he denied it. I don't know or even understand what you're talking about, he said, and went out into the entryway. When the servant girl saw him there, this is another uh, servant girl, she said again to those standing around, this fellow is one of them. And again, he denied it. After a little while, and sometimes people think that this is something that happens in just a very, very short time, but probably, as I read this past week, this is a couple hour uh, event here. 
After a little while, those standing near said to Peter, Surely you are one of them, for you are a Galilean. They could tell by his voice. He began to call down curses on himself, and he swore to them, I do not know this man you're talking about. Immediately, the rooster crowed the second time. Then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows twice, you will disown me three times. And he broke down and wept. That is the reading of God's word. So what can we learn from Peter's failure? Well, we've got a few things there, but before we get to those points, I want to just say that really, let's be honest, we are not much different than Peter. In fact, Paul calls himself wretched in Romans chapter 7. And then he says, who will rescue me from this body of death? I mean, he says, he says I'm a mess in Romans chapter 7. The things I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, those are the things I do. I'm a mess. Well, unfortunately, our sin and fallen nature makes us weak, makes us evil, and makes us corrupt. But thankfully, at the end of chapter 7, when Paul says, Who can rescue me? Well, thankfully, even in our fallen sinful state, Paul can say in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So that's the good news of Scripture. Even though while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, Romans 5, 8. So what lessons can we learn from Peter? And, and all of the lessons, it's funny, all of the lessons for Peter are found in chapter 14. Remember I told you that Peter helped Mark write the book of Mark. Peter is helping Mark write chapter 14, even though Peter knows that chapter 14 for him was a rotten chapter. All right? it was, it was not, it's just not a good chapter for Peter, and yet he encourages Mark to write it down anyway. Why? So that because of what he did, he can strengthen the brothers and he can strengthen you and I. What can we learn from Peter? Well, the first thing we can learn is that he boasted too much. Peter boasted too much. He was too self-confident. He was too proud. If you look at chapter 14, verse 27, uh, Jesus says, you will all fall away. Jesus hasn't been known to say any lies here. Jesus says, you will all fall away. Jesus told them, just as it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But I, after I have risen, I will go ahead of you in Galilee. Peter responded, even if all fall away, I will not. And then Jesus says, I tell you the truth, Jesus answered, today, yes, even tonight, before the rooster crows twice, you yourself will disown me three times. But Peter insisted emphatically, that, 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 if you insist emphatically, it's a big deal, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. Hey, and look at that, and all the others said the same thing. Peter should, when, Peter, when Jesus said, you will all fall away, Peter should have listened to Jesus and figured out how to keep himself from falling away. You know, when, when, when the Lord said, you're going to fall away, Peter should have said, instead of, no way, he should have said, if that's true, how can you help me not fall away? But he doesn't. 
very rarely say, I would never do that. Do you say that? I would, I would never do that. I very rarely say, I would never do that. I more likely say, but for the grace of God, there go I. I mean, let, let, let's be honest. If you're the kind that says, I would never do that, well, if you say it out loud, Satan hears it, and guess what? He's going to tempt you in that area where you just said, I'll never do that. And when he tempts you there, it's going to be rough. So I would try to strike that from your vocabulary if you can. I would try to exclude, I would never do that from your vocabulary and maybe change it. But for the grace of God, there go I. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Uh, if you'd like to turn there, you can. Or if you just want to listen as I get there. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 17 and 18. This is what it says. 2 Corinthians 10, 17 and 18. But let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. If you've got to boast, boast in the Lord. For it is not the one who commends himself who is approved, but the one whom the Lord commends. And then in the Old Testament, Jeremiah chapter 9 and verse... 23, this is what the Lord says, let not the wise man boast of his wisdom, or the strong man boast of his strength, or the rich man boast of his riches, but let him who boasts boast about this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who exercise kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth. For in these I delight, declares the Lord. Peter boasted too much. He was too self-confident. He was too proudful. What's the next thing we can learn from Peter? Number two, he listened too little. He listened too little. And we've already talked a little bit about that. Chapter 14 and verse 27. When Jesus said, you will all fall away, Peter didn't even hear what he said. He said, absolutely not. It didn't even strike him that he should question this idea here, and he just says, no way. Peter should have listened more to Jesus. And in verse 29, when he says, hey, I don't care what you say, even if all fall away, I will not. Basically, what he's saying to Jesus, as I already shared that, that Jesus is a liar. You don't know what you're talking about. I won't do that. Instead... As I shared, Peter might have listened and asked, how can I resist that temptation? How can I resist that temptation? Now, not in your bulletin. This is, this is, uh, this is extra. You didn't even pay for this. This is extra. Four basic ways God speaks to us. Four basic ways God speaks to us. Well, you know this, that he speaks to us through his word. It's called God's word for a reason. It's called God's Word for a reason. It is because it's God's Word. It's God's primary way of speaking to each of us. We have shared this. Remember when your parents said, I, if I've said that once, I've said that a million times. We have shared this a million times from the pulpit here. The Bible is our ultimate authority on what we believe and how we behave. And so if we want to, 
hear God speak to us, the first place we ought to go to is God's word. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scripture is God-breathed and it's profitable for teaching, rebuking, training. And something else in righteousness. What's that other one? Teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness that the man of God may be, and woman of God may be built up complete in him. God speaks to us through his word. God speaks to us, number two, through the Holy Spirit. Jesus said his spirit would lead us into all truth. In uh, John chapter 16, John chapter 16 is actually uh, Jesus in the upper room telling the disciples the things that they need to know before he goes to the cross. And one of the things that he really wants to get into their brains is that he's going to send the spirit after he leaves. And Jesus says that the spirit would lead us into all truth. So we can, as we keep in step with the spirit... Galatians 5.16, we can learn from the Spirit. The third thing is through the counsel of strong Christians. So we can know God's uh, speaking to us through His Word, through the Holy Spirit, through the counsel of strong Christians, Proverbs 15.22. Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors they succeed. Proverbs 15.22. But there's one more thing. Through God's Word, through the Holy Spirit, through the counsel of strong Christians, and there's one more, and it's point number three. Peter prayed too little. How can we hear from God through His Word, through the Holy Spirit, through godly friends, and through prayer? Peter prayed too little. Remember in the garden, chapter 14, verse 41? Jesus says to them, pray, pray, pray. And every time he returns to see if they're praying, what are they doing? Sleeping. And finally, in verse 41, returning the third time, he said to them, are you still sleeping and resting? Enough. The hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Peter prayed too little. Jesus knew the importance of prayer in the garden. And he prayed earnestly. In fact, the Bible says sweats of blood came from him. And God gave him the strength because of that prayer time in the garden to proceed with his mission. Peter slept. I don't think Peter remembered the prayer that Jesus taught them back in Matthew chapter 6. On the Sermon on the Mount, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. It's the Lord's Prayer. If Peter had prayed in the garden, just maybe those words, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, maybe things would have been different before the rooster crowed. How do we hear from God? Well, we hear from God through His Word. We hear from God through the still, small voice of the Holy Spirit. We hear from God through our godly friends, and we hear from God through prayer. What else can Peter teach us? This is probably the one that uh, hits home most for me. He acted too fast. He acted too fast. Peter is known as presumptuous Peter or impetuous Peter. The word impetuous means acting too quickly without thought or care. 
And Peter had that problem. All through the New Testament, you can see Peter acting too quickly. In the garden, he grabs a sword and misses Malchus' head and gets his ear instead. And Jesus says, no, we're not going to do it that way. Peter acted a little too quickly. In the garden, uh, I'm sorry, in the courtyard, when the servant girl said, uh, hey, aren't you one? Immediately, without thinking, acting too quickly, without thought or care, I don't know him. Now, maybe he was caught off guard. You know, he was just down there kind of mulling around, trying to figure out what in the world was going on. And maybe the servant girl caught him off guard. But by the third time, he is not caught off guard. It's a premeditated denial. So maybe the first time, maybe even the second time, he acted too quickly. But by the third time, unfortunately, it's a premeditated denial. He's not caught off guard, and he's deep in sin now. And the Bible says in our text, he begins to call down curses, calling down curses from heaven and uh, on himself. And uh, it's not a good place for him to be right now. And he swears on those curses that he called. I I swear to you on my mother's grave. I swear to God, whatever it might be, he's calling down those curses. And Peter hits rock bottom. And it's really a sad picture. Then Peter immediately, I I don't know this man you are talking about. And verse 42, immediately the rooster crowed the second time. Then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows twice, you will disown me three times. And he broke down and wept. In one of the other texts we're going to look at in a minute, it says he wept bitterly. This is, this is not just, you know, little tears. This is that, that <laughs> you know, have, have you ever been there? I mean, yeah, you want to hear that again? <laughs> it's, it's, it's bad. It's bad. It's bad stuff. It's weeping bitterly. Number five, what else can we learn? He followed too far. He followed too far. Mark chapter 14 and verse 50. And we talked about this a few weeks ago. After the people come and capture Jesus, verse 50, then everyone deserted him and fled. And verse 54, Peter followed him at a distance right into the courtyard of the high priest. There he sat with the guards and warmed himself at the fire. There is a parallel passage, and it's in John chapter 18. I want you to turn there because there's some things that John records that Peter and Mark do not. John chapter 18 and verse 15. John chapter 18, verse 15. It says, Simon Peter and another disciple were following Jesus. Whenever John says another disciple, he's talking about himself. He doesn't uh, record his name in here. Because this disciple, John, was known to the high priest, he went with Jesus into the high priest's courtyard, but Peter had to wait outside at the door. The other disciple, John, who was known to the high priest, came back, 
spoke to the girl on duty there and brought Peter in. And so, for whatever reason, it seems like John is closer, at least in proximity, to where Jesus is during these trials. And either Peter couldn't get into, because he didn't have that in that John did with the high priest, either Peter couldn't get into where Jesus was, or he chooses not to, we really don't know. But you do get the sense that his proximity to Jesus is more curious, you might say, than courageous. Peter is more curious being in that courtyard that, than he is courageous. And that's why we've changed kind of this concept of being a Christian. I think I told you that story uh, when I was at Home Depot, Vicki and I, a number of, well, probably a few years ago now, were looking for some things, and this gentleman helped us, and we started talking about church, and I said to him, are you a Christian? And he said, no, I'm not a Christian, I'm a Christ follower. I said, well, what do you mean? He said, well, everybody's a Christian. If you, if, you, if you talk to people, everybody's a Christian, it seems. But I'm a Christ follower. I, I want to be known that I follow Christ. And so that's kind of why we change things. And even on the front of your bulletin there, our purpose statement, we are Christ followers who love, serve, and share so our neighbors can come to know Him. It's important to be closely following Jesus. We are told in Galatians 5.25 to keep in step with the Spirit. Edgar and I have been hiking the, the uh, snow hill in Waconia. All right? And, I mean, Edgar's a kid. And I'm an old man. And on that way up, I'm trying to keep in step with Edgar. And slowly but surely, Edgar gets a little ahead of me. The idea, though, as Christians, is we are to keep in step. When you keep in step with somebody, you've got to be relatively close to them. Keep in step with the Spirit. If not, and it's going to take you way back when we studied the book of Hebrews. If not, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1 says, If you don't keep in step with the Spirit, you better be careful not to drift away. Not to drift away. You know what? Don't you love to just sit in a raft and just drift? At our house, we have a little pond behind us, and we've been taking our, our uh, inflatables out there, and we just, we just sit in them and just drift. And it doesn't, take, it doesn't take any effort to drift. But if you drift a little too far, then you've got to spend some effort getting back. As Christians, we've got to be careful not to drift. Drifting is deadly for Christians. If you drift, away from the Lord, you probably are what the Bible says is you're apathetic, you're complacent, you're comfortable, and even in Revelation chapter 3 it says, and we don't want to be this, you are lukewarm. And so you've got to be careful about drifting, and it's easy to drift. COVID allowed a lot of people to drift away from church attendance. And in fact, some of our friends from Bella, Iowa were here yesterday, and they said they haven't been back to church yet. I said, why? Because it's super easy to watch our church on, on uh, the, the television. 
It's super easy. And it is. It's super easy. In fact, I went, when there was those few Sundays we were closed, I have to admit, I, got, I was still in my PJs. And I had my cup of coffee. And we found a guy that we like on TV. And we listened. And he was really good. And I could see myself getting into that habit if I wasn't careful. And a lot of people still are in this habit. They're drifting. And drifting leads us to point number six. Peter fell now, I didn't say too low. I said Peter fell very low. He didn't fall. He, thankfully, we don't ever fall too low from God's hand. He, he, he can always grab down and get us wherever we fall. But he fell very low. And in verse 72, it says, The rooster crowed, Peter remembered, and he broke down and wept. But again, there's a parallel passage, and that's in Luke chapter 22. And you got to see this. you got to see this. Mark doesn't record it, but Luke does. Luke chapter 22 and verse 61. Luke 22, actually let's look at verse 60. Peter replied, Man, I don't know what you are talking about. Just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. But look at verse 61. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Ha! Oh, ouch, ouch. Then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him before the rooster crows today. You will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. Jesus, I don't know if he was moving from one part of the courtyard to another, maybe to his next trial, with his face covered with blood, spit, his hands possibly bound, with puffy, swollen eyes, he makes eye contact with Peter. I'm sure Peter never, ever forgot that look. I'm sure he never forgot that look. And here's something to think about. The Lord never stops looking at us. In fact, His eyes are on us. You know, we like that song, His eyes are on the sparrow. I know He watches me, except when I don't want Him to. You know, that's not what the song says. The Lord's eyes are always on the sparrow, and His eyes are always on ours as well. You want to you know a scary Bible verse? Luke chapter 8, verse 17. Luke chapter 8, verse 17. Nothing is hidden that won't be revealed. <laughs> Nothing is hidden that won't be revealed. The Lord looked straight at Peter with blood and spit and puffy swollen eyes. And he makes eye contact, and Peter never forgot that look. And probably, remember when Jesus says, when you get strengthened, you need to go and tell your, your fellow comrades about the lesson you learned? Probably the first thing he said was, you should have seen Jesus look at me. You should have seen Jesus look, look at me. But thankfully, there is always good news with Jesus. 
And if you look at the bottom of your bulletin, this is what it says. Peter was not another Judas. Judas didn't repent. He went out and hung himself. Peter was a true believer whose faith did not fail him. And after Jesus Jesus said, hey, I prayed for you. You're not going to fall. And after you get back right, you can teach the people what you learned. Peter felt remorse. And in John chapter 21, we won't read it, but 15 through 19, Jesus gave him the opportunity to confess his love for every time he denied him. Jesus, remember on the beach, said to Peter, do you love me? Peter says, yep. Do you love me? Yep. Do you love me? Yep. Those three times that he denied him, Jesus asked if he loved him those three times, and Peter said yes, and the Lord forgave him. So looking at the bottom of your bulletin, which of the six lessons hits home for you? Which of the six lessons hits home for you? I told you that probably for me, the one i got to work on is that I act too fast. I act too fast. The lessons. Do you boast too much? Are you overly self-confident? Do you listen too little? Do you pray too little? Do you act too fast? Are you following Jesus too far right now? Have you fallen low? Maybe you're, maybe you're nowhere near where God wants you to be right now. Here's a great Bible verse. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you're saying to yourself, you know what, I've fallen pretty low. Well, you're not low enough for the Lord to not be able to reach your hand and pull you back up. And you can do that through confession. Yeah, Lord, man, I've messed up, but I'm sorry. Help me to turn from that sin and to get back in step with you. Something to think about. What are the lessons that hit home for you from the life of Peter in Mark chapter 14? Let's bow our heads for prayer. Lord, we do thank you for your word. It's full of good stuff. Good stuff that we can grab and apply to our daily lives. Lord, I pray that you'd speak to each of us to determine what uh, we might do. Maybe we need to just get back in step with you. Maybe we, maybe we need to boast in you. Maybe we need to listen a little bit more to act a little more slowly. I don't know what it might be, but Holy Spirit, this is your job now to convict after your word has been spoken. And so, Holy Spirit, teach us from your word today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Minnetrista Baptist Church is a community of Christ followers who value preaching and teaching scripture, biblical obedience, community, prayer, and evangelism. If you'd like to learn more about Minnetrista Baptist Church, please visit our website at minnetristachurch.org and come by for a Sunday morning service. We'd love to meet you.